You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. How are you doing today? Very well. We're tackling some tech issues, but we're doing well. <laughs> yeah, no, this is very good. Great to be chatting with you on this recording of our little podcast, Homegrown Faith. Yes, um, yes. What have you been up to this week, Richard? Well, this week, Joe, in the last week since I spoke to you, I've made the big decision to start reading War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> that is a big decision. <laughs> it is. You've heard of this book, Joe? I've only ever heard of how long it is. Yeah, that's what it's famous for. Uh, I, I know it as I was growing up reading Snoopy cartoons, Peanuts cartoons, it was often mentioned there as the pinnacle of literature, like <laughs> big, long, impressive. And, wow. uh, <laughs> you know, it's been many years and I've uh, it's all, always been aware of it. I don't, I don't have a bucket list, Joe, but if I did, like reading War and Peace would be on it. And something about this moment in time uh, during COVID – I think I'd, I'd read a, another um, book set in Russia and I thought, now's the time, let's do it, let's read War and Peace. So I've got hold of it on my ebook for like a dollar fifty. The classics are always cheap, aren't yeah, they? Which is sad. <laughs> wasn't a big investment and uh, I'm underway. Wow. So first impressions? Uh, well, first impressions was not as bad, uh, not as d- slow and boring as I'd feared. Uh, the, a good feature is the chapters are quite short, so I can read for about five Ooh. minutes and then it'll move to a chapter. And so I was like, oh, this is good because I can stop any time. Yep. Um, the sort of society drawing room stuff is a bit boring, but then it's, which I guess is the peace bit, but then it switches to some war setting stuff, fighting against <laughs> Napoleon, and that's been more interesting. Excellent. Uh, and I've had to, I've learned some new words. Can I share those with you, Joe? I'm yes. I'm ready. Uh, um, I've learned what a shako is. Um, How do you spell it? S H A K O. The oh, right, yes. Tolstoy was talking about some shakos, and apparently that is the name of the cylindrical hat with a little badge on it and a pom pom that the soldiers wore in the. <laughs> oh. uh, so now I know what a shako is, and also what a limbered or unlimbered cannon is. Do you know what that a is? Limb, a limbered or an unlimbered. I'm going to have a guess. It's something to do about whether it can move on wheels or not. Yes. A limber is that two-wheeled cart that a cannon can move around on. And, and it's dragged by a horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I've had my phone next to me while reading most of the time because of all these <laughs> words. Because um, Tolstoy was Russian and so is it a translated book yeah. or was it written in English? No, no, it's translated from Russian, although unfortunately he drops into French all the time because apparently a lot of Russian aristocracy spoke in French in the 1800s yes. Yes. and that's untranslated. So I'm, I'm, I'm reading it thinking, <laughs> I think that so, says my friends will, will love each other or something. So, <laughs> it loses a little something if yeah. you don't have the French translated. <laughs> Actually, I should get Google Translate out and try and hold it in front of the screen and see if that works. Yeah. Hold in front of the screen? I hadn't thought about that. But, um, yeah, I'm having to skip over little French quotations all the time. That's the main drawback. These are the challenges of, of yeah. digging deep into liter- liter- literature. Yeah. So you can ask me in a year's time how I'm going with war and peace. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I will. 
I, I could not even be bothered to watch the TV show adaptation because it looked too long. Oh, so yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't be impressed unless I finish it. Then I'll okay. demand that you be impressed. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah. So that's my news. How about you, Joe? What have you been up to? Well, I have just rediscovered Ginger, which doesn't oh, right. seem like a very significant thing. Yeah. But I've always liked gingerbread biscuits yeah. um, and have such fond memories of them when I was a child. And then over COVID, a few recipes I was making had fresh ginger. And yeah. so I was really like giving that a red hot go. Yeah. And it's funny because you can go to gin, you can go to the shops and I bought a piece of ginger that cost me 20 cents. <laughs> the lady <laughs> nearly didn't charge me for it because she said that's just, that's not really even worth putting through. Yeah. But we did it anyway. And so I, I loved this discovery of fresh ginger again. But that has opened up a whole world of baking. Oh, yeah. That I'm really. I have made a gingerbread cake with a lemon glaze. Oh, beautiful. Was, yeah. It was delicious. It was Moorish on another level. And then I've made some gingerbread biscuits. With fresh and ginger rather than dry ground ginger? Oh, uh, no, to be honest, it was with dry ground okay. ginger. Okay, no, that's, that's all right. Still in the ginger family. I yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> oh. But I just was realising that I, I think my next, my next frontier is some kind of either muffin or slice mm. or... I feel like ginger is a very versatile thing. Maybe I should start trying to make because I often make my own iced teas. Maybe I could try and bring ginger into yeah. my drinks. Yeah. No, there's stuff out there. Yeah. Jen makes a really good ginger slice with like a cream cheese frosting uh, oh, that is yeah. just insane. Yeah, we have it around Christmas. I should yeah. uh, see if I can find the recipe. Well, I did actually happen to have that. That's part of how I was inspired. Yeah. To my oh, that's right. Yeah, you have had a taste of that. Yeah, at the oh. maturity training event yeah. or whatever we had, it was lovely, and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna get back into this in a big way, and it's been good. Mm. I'm thankful to God for ginger. <laughs> Did you know that my parents <laughs> live about five minutes away from the ginger factory in Queensland? Yeah, I, I think you've told me this, and I've always thought <laughs> I don't know how anyone makes enough money to. to, to have a ginger factory open to the public. Is it super, super gingery or can you get other non-gingery things there? Oh, to be honest, yeah, they, they make a little bit of money through ginger-related products that aren't exactly <laughs> ginger, you know, tea towel, a ginger-themed tea towel and so on. Uh, <laughs> ginger-themed tea towel. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, know we go to the ginger factory every time we're there, get a ginger ginger beer smoothie or... Um, oh, yeah. ginger beer, so good. So, um, yeah. No, I can't think of ginger without remembering the ginger factory up there near my parents. Up at Butterham. It's Butterham, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it used to be Butterham. Now it's Yandina. I don't know if I'd hmm. travel a long way to go there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's so easily accessed. Yes. You can't help but go. Oh, yeah, well, that's great. That's right. All right. Well, mm. I look forward to tasting some of your uh, good ginger products. Uh, Joe. <laughs> that sounds um, good. Now, how about uh, Bible times, Bible stuff? What have you been uh, yeah. reading lately? Well, I've been getting into Micah and mm -hmm. uh, continuing my year of the Minor Prophets yep. and it's bearing fruit because I've realised I have this huge gap in the territory of Daughter Zion or Zion, which I've acknowledged before, but now I'm really feeling I need to go tackle. Yeah, yeah, um, right. But um, not today. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but I'm, I'm digging into Micah chapter four. Mm -hmm. I was this morning and it's this really interesting chapter. So for people who don't have what Micah is right at the top of their um, head, like know who it is. It's a, basically, it's a small prophet, minor prophet, a guy, Micah, who's from the town of Morasheth, I think is what you call it. Yeah. It's just, just near Jerusalem, only 35 kilometers away. Right. And Micah's name means 
who is like Yahweh is what I'm, ah, I've read. Yeah. So yeah. who is like Yahweh, which I think is an interesting idea. Um, but anyway, to continue, mm-hmm. so the message you can see in Chapter 1 is to both Samaria and Jerusalem. Yeah. So you can see that in 1 verse 5. Um, yeah. So Jacob's trans- transgressions um, are, are kind of centered around Samaria and Judah's high place and high places are always code for a place where people worship a God other than God um, is in Jerusalem. And so written to both the capital cities of the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. And what plays out is essentially a really strong rebuke um, against the leaders and false prophets of the times who are just so unfaithful. You can see this in chapter two and chapter three. But chapter four, it's it caught my attention because it's got lots about Zion. It's got lots about the mount, the mountain, which yeah. is making me think of Zion. Um, but what actually really grabbed my attention was that, um, and I keep forgetting it. Verse three. So there's a picture of God judging between peoples and settling disputes. Yeah. Their weapons. So they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. So mm-hmm. it's a picture of peace coming yeah. because what was used to be used as weapons become tools for ploughing the ground and 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 farming. Yeah. Um, nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. So lots of peace. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree and no one will make them afraid for the Lord Almighty has spoken. It's this amazing picture of peace. Mm. Um, and there's a, there's a discussion of the remnant a bit later in the chapter. But what I what really grabbed my attention was that this verse, verse 4, everyone will sit under their own vine and their own tri- fig tree. For anyone who has gone and watched Hamilton, the musical, yeah. is actually quoted in the musical. Oh, really? It's Yeah, it just jumped out at me today as I was reading it. I um I just remembered that in this in the in a song where George Washington is singing, um, he's talking about how he's retiring from public life and he's going to sit under his own vine and fig tree. That's his vision for the people of America. The irony he said it's, is that it's pitched as if George Washington has created that through creating the nation of the U.S. and bringing peace. Yeah, and I was like, no, this is what the, it's about: the Lord and about the Lord creating um, a people for Himself and people observing and obeying the Lord, not creating their own nation and creating peace through war. And so it's completely misquoted in Hamilton, to my view. Um, But it's just really gotten me thinking about the peace that people who are under God's rule will enjoy. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it when you have those connections. If you hear something and you make it's connecting in with the Bible and uh, um, that, uh, yeah, you're seeing there a human vision of peace Yes, um, where which is temporary and flawed, and and as you probably came out in Hamilton, I don't know well enough that problematic as well. Um, yes. Whereas this is the Lord's peace, uh, which is final and secure and certain and uh, perfect. That's what we're longing yes. for. Yeah, and verse 5 just says it all. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, forever and ever. Mm. The peace is that we will walk in in the name of our our God, of our Lord, yeah. um, and and that's Yahweh. And I just look at it and I, I don't know, just having heard that qu- misquoted made mm. me understand the passage even more because I had to go back and think, oh, what is this actually saying? Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so that was interesting to see that pop reference yeah. be able to be explored. Did you think of, did, I think there's a time in John chapter 1 or 2 where Philip 
Um, do you remember what Philip's sitting under when Jesus comes and speaks to him? I'm pre- uh, I pretty don't. sure he is sitting under a fig tree in the uh, book of John. In the book of John. I'm looking it up. Yeah, John 2. Um, he says, uh, where was I sitting when you, yeah, when you were sitting Oh, yeah. Under- and uh, which is a really funny little incidental thing in John. Yeah, it's uh, chapter 1, isn't it? Um, it's 48. Yeah, verse 48. And it's kind of like, what, why is the fig tree mentioned here? And I've always wondered, is that sort of Jesus hinting that maybe that that Micah 4 kind of thing is is just around the corner? This, yeah, yeah, some sort of connection like that. Here's a guy sitting under a fig tree. Yeah. The fig trees are given and taken away in Hosea as well, I think. Oh, really? Or is that just the wine? I could be wrong. Oh, wow. I'll have to check it up. I'll have to check it. You could <laughs> you could do a whole theological paper on fig trees. On <laughs> fig trees. <laughs> I don't even like figs that much. I'm not sure if I want to engage uh, with that. Yeah, we've talked about this, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, Moving Richard? On. What have yeah. you been reading? Oh, reading. Now, oh, I've got a whole lot of books I haven't finished, but so I'm a bit embarrassed there that I haven't picked up anything new for a while. But um, what I have been reading, which I found really helpful, was an article by um, Ray Galea, um, called The Sins of Older Christians. And uh, Ray Galea, he's a pastor in Sydney, um, love uh, hearing Ray teach, love reading what he's written. And uh, this little article and the Gospel Coalition site is, um, yeah, he just lists out uh, 20 dangers for older Christians, particularly older pastors. And, um, yeah, reading it as someone um, in his 40s, let's say, Joe, uh, they uh, some of these <laughs> things struck me. Um, so, uh, yes, he's um, a few like one number one is gospel cowardice, or number two, gospel indifference, mm. three, theological compromise, four, raconteurs. This one was funny. You become slow to listen yes. and quick to speak. You love to hear the sound of your own yes. voice. You tell pointless stories. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, what I really appreciated was Ray just yeah sharing some wisdom he'd heard from others and a wisdom as from his own life. He's a bit older than me, and saying you know just just because you're old doesn't mean you sort of grow into this spectacular maturity and ministry zeal. Like there's all these dangers, mm. Um, mm. and so I mean I'm familiar with a lot of them, and I think uh, yeah probably um, yeah getting onto uh, maybe. The number 20, the false god of comfort, probably hit home for me. You know, like as a young person, you kind of feel like, yeah, I'm going to go hard for the gospel and, uh, you know, live with less and uh, do more and take risks. And But, uh, yeah, as you get older, you think, well, that's a little bit in the past now and let's t- it's time for a little bit of comfort. And so, yeah, Ray mm-hmm. writes here, so you zone out on Netflix, you treat your anxiety with food and drink, you play with your toys, pursue trivialities and waste endless hours on your smartphone. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he really hasn't held, held back. And so, uh, yeah, I've, I've got some of these 20 points sitting, bouncing around my head and... Um, yeah, feeling challenged not to drift into the sins and foolishness of older Christians or older pastors. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I read that article a little while ago and I remember thinking, this is a good article to read because it's what our flock would want us to know mm. if, if we were pastoring someone younger than us who, you know, in that um, 
they would be able to see it in a way that we wouldn't necessarily. <laughs> um, yep. Particularly there's one about um, the younger generation, I think, and not being threatened by them or yeah. insecure, made insecure, yeah. insecure about them, but instead, you know, investing in encouraging them and raising them up. And I remember thinking, oh, they'll be able to see these weaknesses in me, but also <laughs> I shouldn't be threatened by their God-given strengths. And so, yeah. yeah, that's a great article. I found it helpful too. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. All right. Well, that's my story. Um, yeah, good to chat mm. with you today, Joe. <laughs> yes, good chat. And um, we will hear more about Micah and War and Peace in the future, no doubt. <laughs> Look forward to it. All right. I'll see you later. Okay. See you later, brother.